0: God's morning, God's morning, God's morning, God's morning. It's the Morning Invasion with Dex and Stevo.
1: And Stevo gets Mister <coughs> Shane Pruitt on the phone. He's got a book out called Nine Common Lies Christians Believe, and why God's truth is infinitely better. Okay, we're going to talk about all nine common lives. Yeah, you don't. We're going go to go through every chapter yeah. in the book. Okay. Oh, whoops. Eighty. It's an error.
0: What's the error? I what did again, they dude. say? I didn't even hear the error. Yeah, that's right. Great. Oh, this is uncomfortable. That's why we need a producer.
1: Let's see. Co- let's see. I'm looking through the common lies. Uh, let me see here. Common no. lie number eight. I don't think God likes me. What's a good one? I've heard that one. Common too. lie number two. God gained another angel. Oh man. No. Heaven did not gain another angel. Heaven gained not be be more, not more worshipers. Oh you know, you're just blowing this, me. aren't you? Shut up. Yep. Okay. Let's go to I'm common sorry, lie number mean. one. God won't give you more than I can handle. Yeah, we hear again. it all the time, guys. I've heard that so many times just in the 39 years out on my out line. Loud. We're going to go to chapter one. The truth shall set you free from bad one-liners. Here we go.
2: Shane, Shane, oh, hello, hey man, welcome Shane, to the show. Man. Good buddy <laughs> welcome, buddy. Hey, welcome. It is an honor to be on. Oh. Man, it's been a minute, it's
1: been a couple years, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, at least <laughs> nine months. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, last year, oh, yeah. uh, was it was
0: last year, oh, and it's, it's yeah. 17 years it's been. So
2: Dude, cool. welcome way back. back in the day. Yeah. I had no idea Thank you were an you.
0: author, Shane. That's cool. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> me either,
2: man. Yeah. It me either. Yeah.
1: No, this is cool, man. We were actually uh looking through the book this morning and we were talking about some of these uh these lies, these common lies that are told. And man, you know, it it brought up a lot, it stirred up a lot of hurt mm. in my soul uh. because uh I've I've been fed a lot of these lies. Yeah. I think most of us out there have been fed a lot of these lies, and you wrote a book about this.
2: Yeah, sure. And You know, a lot of times when we're told these cliches or these one-liners, uh, it's often from well-meaning people, and it's usually when we're going through a difficult situation in life, right? Yeah. So people are looking for something to encourage yeah. us with, so they just throw a little cliche towards us. And I mean, that's kind of how it started for us in a difficult season of our own journey. Uh, people would just say, "Hey, you know what the Bible says? God won't give you more than you can handle," and you're like, "Ah, that's not in there." Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I, I, Shane, I always thought it was. <laughs> right. I always thought that was biblical yeah. when I was growing up.
0: Yeah. When we were kids, usually it's your mom or or somebody that loves you and God. To- God says. Well-meaning, but yeah, they just kind of throw yeah. these one-liners at you because. Because the truth is sometimes things just suck and we, we as Christians don't, we want to have all the answers all the times. And when we're at a loss for words, because somebody's going through a loss or a, a breakup or they lost their job and you're like, what do I say right now? That's a big
2: one. Yeah, yeah no doubt. I mean, you think of like uh you know, one of the, the chapters in the book I covered is uh, when a loved one dies, God gains another angel. Oh. And, uh, you know, being mm-hmm. in ministry, you know, sometimes you do funerals of little ones, you know, oh, that have man. died way too young. And there's a mom, you know, and there's a little casket in front of her. And she goes, well, you know, God gained another angel today. Uh, that's probably not the best setting to go. Well, theologically, that's not true. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. That's
1: the best yeah. setting.
2: Right. <laughs> <to> yeah. <debate>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but when cooler heads prevail, emotions are set to the side, uh, being able to share biblical truth with them is saying, no, you know, God has not get another angel, but he calls another worshiper home. And, and it's by his grace and, and that God sent his son for humans, not angels. Right. Jesus died on the cross for humans, not angels. Uh, that Those kind of truths are going to get them through those dark nights of the soul better than a little cliche is anyway. Yeah. You know?
0: yeah. Dude, I couldn't agree more. So, okay, the book is called Nine Common Lies Christians Believe. It's finally here. I've had it for a while and, and been so excited yeah. to, like, actually get to talk about this because I wanted to know, for you personally— um, why tackle this? Like, why was, why was this one the important one? Because, uh, you know, we got to hang out with you this last year, and you are all over the great state of Texas, which is, like, ginormous. So you see a lot going on in the Christian community and our culture. Um, why this topic?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, so, yeah, so I'm married. I have a wonderful wife named Casey. We've been married 14 years. Uh, we have 5 kids that are 12 and under so that is Whoa. a prayer request amen yeah. <laughs> hallelujah
1: hallelujah
2: <laughs> and, so, and so uh our oldest two girls are biological daughters and then we have three adopted children and our 6 year old is adopted from Uganda Africa and then we have a 3 year old and an 18 month old adopted from the greatest nation in the world Texas baby <laughs> and so, <laughs> beautiful and so yeah And so our six-year-old has a lot of special needs. Uh, He's in a wheelchair. He has uh, epilepsy and cerebral palsy. He has seizures every day. And, uh, yeah, through the year, and he's been with us over five years now, but in that first year that he was with us, you know, like I said, well-meaning people would go, hey, we know this is difficult. God won't give you more than you can handle. Uh, Just trust your gut on this. Follow your heart. You know, all those things. And then at a year end, we kind of had a break-in moment. In a good way, uh, because we were masking the struggle. Uh, because we're Christian leaders in ministry, and we were struggling on the inside with just seeing our son suffer. But on the outside, we had to put it, you know, like we had it all together. Yeah. But at a year end, we just broke, got honest before the Lord, transparent. Go, you know what? This isn't good, and if it's okay to say this, you know, this sucks. Yeah. Um, but God's still with us, and we really returned back to the basics of Scripture. You know, sometimes to move forward, the the best thing you got to do to move forward is to return back to the basics, and uh, back to the basics of God's Word. And so in there, uh, in in a healthier season of our life, uh, I just started making a list. What are some of these one-liners? What are some of these cliches, like God won't give you more than you can handle, that, for lack of a better term, we've adopted into the church, baptized them, and made them a part of our vernacular? Mm. And so that's how this list came together. And originally I'd written this as an article for Relevant, um, and it was their most read article of the year in 2016. So I had some publishers reach out and say, hey, what do you think about turning this into a full-on book? Yeah, And so that's how we got to this point, and that's how the list came about. That's cool, man. So wait, wait, you're
0: telling me a Baptist from Texas can write for Relevant magazine. How did that
2: happen? Well, yeah, you got to be a Baptist from Texas and get a couple of tattoos, there and you then go. you're yeah, it. You know? Yeah,
0: because I'm like, man, if there's one thing I know, it's like, even when you bring up Relevant Magazine, people go, well, and I mean, it's like culturally so interesting these days uh, when it comes to our faith, because people love it or hate it, and I'm like, there are voices all over, and if there's it, one thing I know now, it's that you getting to write and and speak truth, it, you come from a wholly different perspective than I would say uh, somebody else coming from, like, say, a Calvinist background who's, like, drinking and dropping F-bombs and praising Jesus and, and giving a different perspective than, say, the Baptist from Texas mm-hmm. who wanted to write about the nine common lies that, you know, we've somehow bought into as a church. So
2: I dig that, Yeah, man. sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. well, thanks, man. I well, You know, I tell people, like, Uh, I'm a follower of Jesus first, you know, I'm not a Baptist first, I'm a follower of Jesus, but my theology is definitely Baptistic, you know, yeah. Uh, but in in an itinerant side of ministry and a writing, I get to be in a lot of circles that are outside, you know, the Baptist circles outside the Southern Baptist circles, so here's the deal, man, is I will write for any magazine, and I will preach in any setting, because I'm not going to preach or write any differently, you know? I'm just going to approach it from what I believe is biblical truth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're talking with uh, Shane Pruitt. He's got a book called Nine Common Lies Christians Believe and Why God's Truth is Infinitely Better. Now, I immediately think about, uh, you know, because I've been on quite a few mission trips around the world, and man, as Americans... We are very blessed and we are, we have so much, you know? And so our culture is just so different than the rest of the world, especially when you get into these third world countries, you know, just three and a half hours down south is uh, Juarez and there's a place called the pallet city. And that always sticks out of my mind when I was, we were down there building churches and, you know, I'm sitting there and I couldn't, as an American going there for the first time, I could not relate to that life mm. having you know pallets f- as walls for a house right. dirt floors nowhere to go to the bathroom and if i was to look at that little kid or that mom and say hey God won't give you more than you can handle. <laughs> right.
0: It's like, yeah. wait, what? Like, holding your iPhone. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or God yeah. just
1: wants you to be happy. It's, it's a crazy thing, right? Because the rest of the world, most of the rest of the world, you know, they're, they're living in extreme poverty situations. You know, we know in Africa, there's, you know, the, the people are dying th- right. by the thousands, you know, of hunger and they don't have clean water. So as Americans, it's tough because our culture, we are blessed. I want to say that, but it's, it's hard. I think it's a hard thing to be an American. Mm. It really is. And how do you speak to those people that are in those situations, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Good word. Yeah. um, You know, we really have a heart for Africa. So either my wife and I won either one of us are in Africa usually once a year. And yeah, same thing. I mean, you know, just this past September, I was in the DRC in the Congo And you talk about poverty and just feeling like you're going back in time 500 years where you got builders that are using hammers, but their hammers are literally a rock that is strapped to a stick, you know? And to look at them and go, hey, you know what you should do? Believe in yourself. You know, that's just insane. (laughs) And so, you know, I think a lot of times if, you know, we got to say, okay, we're in America. This is where God's placed us. We're to be missionaries here. But I think a lot of times, even like the God won't give you more you can handle or follow your heart, that kind of mindset, Uh, you know, if we think about it, a lot of times we blame God unfairly or uh, we give Satan too much credit. You know, Mm -hmm. I believe that Satan is real. I believe he is out to kill, still destroy. But sometimes we're giving too much credit. We're like, man, you know, Satan's attacking me. My air conditioning broke. No, we're just (laughs) poor Americans. You know? Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dude. But, uh. But, you know, but what's crazy about that is, say, you know, yeah, we wrote a chapter in the book called uh, God Just Wants You to Be Happy and that cliche. And in that particular chapter, I talk about how uh, resting in joy is better than pursuing happiness, because often happiness are built on circumstances. If our circumstances are right, then we're happy emotionally. If our circumstances are not right, then we're not happy. But in joy, joy is not built on circumstances. It's built on a person named Jesus. So no matter what you're going through, you can have joy. Cause you have christ and i mean and i'm sure you see the same thing uh in juarez i see the same thing in uganda and congo is there are people who have like you said pallets for walls or they're in mud huts and they have it they may be poor in the world's eyes when it comes to material possessions but they are overflowingly rich with joy yeah and how is that because they have the holy spirit of god And I would say this, there's a lot of times I think people in Juarez and people in Uganda can teach us Americans some things because they don't have much, and yet they have joy. And that is an incredible possession that a lot of people in America don't have, even though they got iPhones and air conditioning and, and, you know, heated seats in their cars. uh, They don't have joy, you know.
0: I got to know, for you, uh, living where you live, was there one chapter that was the hardest to remove from your vernacular personally or or one that was like the most difficult to dispel because i you know i'm from lubbock texas i know that that Wonderful, my mom's l- sweet little Southern Baptist, you know, from from Trinity Church yep. in Lubbock, Texas, and so it's kind of like part of the Texas vernacular. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yep. <laughs> so was there one for you that was like, dude, this one, this one gets me the most, or this is the hardest one to maybe break out from this good old boy Southern thing? Like, we need to change this.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I would say. Probably the two chapters, uh, the one on follow your heart and the one on believing in yourself. Mm. The reason I'll follow your heart is I just, I mean, it was so sad. I look back at it and go, man, I've had to repent of that. Uh, you know, and we're not making fun of anybody with these no. sayings because we're all guilty of it, right? Yep. So, like, I, and I look back at it, How many times as a pastor, as a counselor, I would go, what is your gut telling you? Which is really another way of, like, what's your heart telling you? You know, yeah. follow your heart. So looking, I'm like, whoa, what, what? What was I saying? And then another, uh, and then in the believe in yourself, yeah, I think with that kind of southern bravado, the Texas, you know, uh, I grew up in the country uh, where we burned our trash. I mean, that's how far <laughs> outside of city limits we were, and it was very much, you know, a good old boy area. And living in Lubbock, I know, or you know, being in Lubbock, I know mm-hmm. you experienced that as well. Of like, hey, you work hard you provide for yourself, you provide for your family, you pull yourself up by your own bootstrap. Yeah. You know that, man, you know, you don't sit around waiting for things to happen. And so it's very much a believe in yourself um, mantra. And then, you know, we live in a suburb east of Dallas and man, I can walk down the halls of the public schools of my kids and there's all kind of posters about believing in yourself. And so I think it was just like, you know, what does that really mean and what does culture mean when they say that and, Is God's truth better than what culture is saying about believing in yourself? Yeah. I mean, you think about it. That's almost an opposite message that Jesus gives us. You think of Matthew 24. He he didn't say, hey, you want to believe, you know, if you want to follow me, you need to believe in yourself. I think he said the almost exact opposite of that. (laughs) Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. Gosh,
0: man. That's good. It's incredible. So nine common lies Christians believe author Shane Pruitt, friend we got to meet uh, at Harvest America last year in in Dallas, and uh, man, so you you are still rocking as the director of evangelism, right, for Southern Baptists of Texas?
2: I am, yeah, absolutely, having a blast.
0: So doing that, traveling all over, you have five children, you're going to the Congo, Uganda, and you write for Relevant Christianity Today, and now you're like writing books, so the question, my question is, where do you find the time? Because I am exhausted and I don't do half of what you do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I feel like the older I get, the more structured I'm having to become. Yeah. And um, and, and i found it's kind of, you know, it's one of those kind of paradoxes of life that uh, really it seems like the more I rest, the more I get done. You know, so yeah. it, it's got to like, and although this is super practical, but Man, making sure you're getting seven to eight hours of sleep every night. Yeah. Uh, you know, prioritizing, uh, maximizing the day because I'm very relational. Uh, man, I, I joke and I, it's kind of a half joke. I'm ADDDD. So <laughs> if I'm in the office, I can sit in there for about two hours and then I roam the building talking to everybody and distracting them, you know? Gosh. And so I think it's having to become more disciplined the older I get. and and somehow God just stretches the day, man. I don't know. I guess, you know, like He stretched the loaves and the fish, he just stretches the day, and it was crazy, you know, I didn't become a Christian until I was 21, and I remember, like, I remember there was, like, three lies I would always tell to myself about why I shouldn't become a Christian, uh, because I was 21. I was heavily in a party lifestyle, and, and so I just remember, it was like, well, if I become a Christian, I won't have anything to do, because all my friends are partiers, and that's what I'm doing. Well, <laughs> yeah, that right? was a lie. Yeah, uh, I got more than enough to do, and and then the other lie was, I'm not going to have any friends because I'm all friends of partiers. Well, that was a lie. God's replaced them with healthy relationships. And and then the third thing, I don't know why I told myself this, but I told myself, if I become a Christian, I'm going to have to marry an ugly woman. I don't know why <laughs> I thought that. You know, it's because of Little House on the Prairie, isn't it? Yeah, Little I mean, House the on the Prairie changed this. in The world are those that love Jesus, and God gave me the best one of all. My wife, Casey is a great godly woman. And she has the spiritual gift of hotness. So praise the Lord for that. Praise
0: the Lord. Spiritual gift of hotness, writing (laughs) that one down. Oh my gosh. Amazing. I love it, dude. I'm so glad that we were able to like, hang out with you. Um, before we go, I got, I I have one more because we have people chiming in left and right. And, and so many people are resonating with this, like, man, my, in, in my childhood, my mom, my grandmother, you know, here in New Mexico, uh, a lot of people grew up. It was, there were two things it was like baptist or catholic and those were the things and Mm -hmm. so you come up with these these ideas these philosophies this theology that man in all of a sudden people are in their 20s and 30s trying to rewire their brain because this is what someone who loved them told them so one of the chapters talks about forgiveness like when we have bitterness Mm -hmm. and not being able to forgive talk to the person right now who's hearing this going man I resent my mom, or I resent my dad, or I resent my grandparent, or my Sunday school teacher, or so much because I've had to rewire my brain. Speak to the person that's having trouble forgiving the well-meaning, you know, friend or family member that hurt them spiritually because of these these lies.
2: Yeah, that's so good. You know, and and I know we've mainly been kind of talking about different cliches. You know, follow your heart, believe in yourself, and those are all covered in the book, but. There's some others that we cover in the book that are really meant to be more upli- uplifting in nature, you know, where someone maybe think, well, God has forgotten about me, or God yeah. doesn't care about me, or I can never forgive that person, or so-and-so will never change. Uh, so those are meant to be in there to be more uplifting. So yeah, on forgiveness, oh man, you know, that's such a tough one because there's kind of two sides of dealing with bitterness, right? There's that bitterness that we hold towards people over, if we'd be honest, really silly things, you know, of yeah. like. Uh, You know, I kind of joke, I remember, and my wife's okay with me sharing this, uh, when uh, she was pregnant with our oldest daughter, we found out, you know, we were having a girl, so it came time to pick baby names. And I'll never forget this, like, my wife is the most godly person I know, like, way more godly than me. (laughs) And I'll never forget this, I I was like, well, what about the name Sarah? I just threw out a name. What about the name Sarah? That's a beautiful name, it's in the Bible. I'll never forget, like, here's my godly wife, Petite, and her eyes just get huge, uh, her Her head started spinning, she levitated off the ground. Yeah. her voice got deep i 'm just kidding, which is like no. Because when I was in third grade, there was this girl named Sarah that stole my Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper. i am never named one of my babies Sarah. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> wow. So you're holding on to some things, you know? <laughs> so, I feel her pain. <laughs> yeah, man. You know those Trapper Keepers. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know what's so sad is I share that story sometimes to a younger, a young adult generation. They're like, what's a Trapper Keeper? Oh, I'm like, man. oh, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, talk about first. It. Man, the struggle's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah for real. Keepers. But, uh I mean, but so, but I, I joke to say that a lot of stuff we hold on to is really serious, You know, silly. We'll be like, well, I'm not friends with that person anymore, and I don't remember why, but I know it's a good reason, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So there's that side. But then there's this other side, especially in our culture today with a lot of movements going on, uh, things rising to the surface, which is good because things need to be brought out into the light so that we can deal with them and heal and move forward. And so there's people who have suffered Uh, from injustice. There's people who have suffered uh, from assault. There's people who have suffered from abuse. There's very real victims out there. There's people who are really hurting. So how do you deal with, you know, unforgiveness and bitterness in that realm? And here's the encouragement is I think a lot of times the reason we don't want to forgive is that we're actually believing some myths about forgiveness. And I even cover those in that chapter in the book, I'll give you an example of a myth about forgiveness. We tend to think if I forgive that person, then I'm condoning what they did to me
1: mm-hmm. or I'm
2: saying what they did to me is okay. And that's a lie, yeah. you know, or if I forgive that person, then I got to be friends with them again. Yeah. Well, n- not necessarily. Sometimes space is a gift from the Lord. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. maybe that person is dangerous and you don't need to be around them again. Or if I forgive them, um, then, you know, uh, then I'm being a doormat because they keep doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, you know, forgiveness is really an act of faith between you and the Lord. Because here's the deal that person may never ask for your forgiveness, they may re- never apologize, they may not care, they may not even know they hurt you. So, really, forgiveness is between you and the Lord because you're the one hurting. You're the one not eating. You're the one that's developing a stomach ulcer. You're the one staying awake at night. Mm. So really, forgiveness basically is this. Hey, I'm not going to try to hold control over this situation anymore, but I'm going to lift this weight off my shoulders, and I'm going to hand it over to God because He can handle it, and let Him be in control of the situation, let Him be the judge, because He will judge them perfectly. And so forgiveness is really an act of faith between you and the Lord, and to know that, hey forgiving doesn't mean you're going to forget. That's another one. People say, well, if, I, I, if forgiving means I have to forget and I can't forget. No, no. To me, a greater act of grace is saying this, I remember. I remember how you hurt me, and I still choose to forgive. Man, what an act of grace. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes I think we confuse forgiveness and reconciliation. Well, what I mean by that, reconciliation often takes both people, right? It takes both people compromising. It takes both people repenting. It takes both people changing. Well, that's not always going to be the case. So that's reconciliation. Forgiveness really just takes you and the Lord. Yeah. Forgiveness is an act of faith between you and God and say, God, I'm giving this to you. God, I need you to forgive them through me. And, and all of will just say this. I know I'm kind of going along with it, but this Mm-mm. one's so important. To yes. Me. Preach. Um, yes. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, forgiveness. I say this, biblical forgiveness is not hard. Uh, It's not even difficult. In fact, it's impossible. And so really what you're asking God to do is to forgive them through you, and you're just a vessel because it's got to be an act of faith. It's got to be an act of God. But here's the good news is God does impossible things all the time, and he can make the impossible possible if you're trusting him.
0: Oh, man. I love that. Dude, Shane, I just posted the link, shanepruitt.com. Um, everybody needs to get there immediately. Uh, Nine Common Lies Christians Believe is the book. But I, I just want to say, like, to, to everybody listening, because so many people chiming in, um, this has been such a great topic. We've got to have you back on more regularly because not just because of your book, but also you write some incredible things that people need to hear in the world today, uh, speaking especially about the abortion topic that is on the hearts yeah. and minds of, of everyone. Um, and what it means to truly be pro-life, not just uh, anti-abortion and, and just... Man, some good words, Shane. That's some right. Some good words,
2: hey, man. man. Good old boy. Stop hey, thank you know so you. much. I always have a blast with y'all. I always go on going, I know I'm going to laugh a lot. I know we're going to talk about some heavy stuff. Yes. yes. So, man, I look forward to it. I would love to be on anytime you guys will have me. All All right. Thanks, Shane. Dude,
0: open door policy. So, I, I promise you, it will be sooner rather than later. So, All right, brother. thanks for hanging with us, man.
2: Love it! Hey guys, keep up the good work, man. I really appreciate Thanks, you guys. Man. You too, man. We'll, we'll talk you. to you soon. See you, buddy. Uh, All, right. All right, take care, guys.
1: Nine common lies Christians believe. It's his book, Shane Pruitt, and yeah. Google him, man.
0: Dude, he's Google. got he's got articles on his website about sexual purity, not just being for teenagers. The seven deadly sins of insecure people, which was such a good read. Um, but really, his wife and him wrote something about how being. Being pro-life is so much more than than just being anti-abortion. He talks about adoption, he talks about caring for the widows and the orphans, and he is just. I love me some Shane Pruitt. ShanePruitt.com, get there, check out his blog, check out his book. <laughs> On that note, we'll be right back. <laughs> it's the morning invasion with Dex and Stevo.
2: And
3: Hi. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> Is this thing on? Hello? Hello. Every time I come on, I want to, I'm always tempted to snipe your uh, weather. You know, you're like, start at eight, And you're like, I'm really like, hi, 40.
0: Oh, you should have. You totally yeah. could have.
3: I, I never get the, the spacing right.
0: Oh, okay. Well. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you could if you want. Okay. Um, hi, I 40 degrees. There you go. Beautiful. <laughs> Welcome to Nerd Talk. Uh, Pastor Jason Mills in studio. What's up? Campus pastor. Dead Barney over yeah. at uh, Calvary, Knob Hill, Lobo Theater. That's right. Right across the street from Astro. my favorite comic shop. Astro Zombies. Yeah, Astro Zombies. Uh, and so we, we like to bring you in here and talk nerd. Yeah. Talk nerd. Nerd. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, we actually just dropped our latest uh, episode of yes. Don't For sort The of Small Stuff. Aaron Campbell.
3: With an amazing comic artist.
0: And Tex actually had a really good time. Right uh, oh, of course. Yeah, we talked about
1: fears. Yeah. And we got healthy at the same time. Right on.
0: <laughs> talked a little Bird Box because he was commissioned by Netflix to do some artwork. And yeah. And talked about Infidel, his comic book. Right on. Which is really interesting. It was just picked up, you know, to become a major motion picture. And I picked it up and started reading it. And it's really, it's interesting. Um, the things that are getting talked about in comic books these oh, days. Oh, yeah. And I say For these sure. days, but I guess it's been, it's always been like that. But as kids, we weren't. Picking up
3: on the well, it wasn't so as uh, so. It, uh, uh, overt, I guess is yeah. the, is the word. Yeah, because I mean, comics have always been, especially since the sixties, and with Marvel, has always been really kind of a force for social discussion and social change. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, Captain
0: America punched Hitler
3: a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in the movie, of course, you know, he he has this play where he punches Hitler, but there's a famous cover where mm-hmm. Captain America literally is punching Hitler. So yeah. it's. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. But, like, even in the 60s, so uh, to back up a little bit, uh, my kids uh, and I watched uh, Ant Man and Wasp. Nice. Uh, over the, last week uh, for a family movie night. And my son was just like beyond, be, beside himself with excitement. Yeah. And then there's that scene where Wasp shrinks a car in front of a guy who's trying to open it, and it's Stan mm-hmm. Lee. And he goes, Well, 60s were a lot of fun, but now I'm paying for it, right? (laughs) And the thing is, is though, is that Stan wrote several comics, uh, several Spider-Man comics, talking against the drug usage of that era. Oh, yeah. In the 60s and 70s, and was a staunch, uh, you know, kind of person to rally against that rampant drug use, and Mm -hmm. did a lot of things about alcoholism, and uh, drug use, and even racism. I mean, he created Luke Cage for that reason. He was like, the the African-American population takes up like, makes up like 10% of the population. And we have like no African American heroes. That's, that's dumb. That's underrepresentation. So he created it for that purpose Yeah, and also knowing that they would buy it. So, I mean, he's, he's not dumb, but at the same time, yeah. So comics have always kind of done that. And you know, the whole mutant stuff and mutant registration act and all that stuff in the X-Men comics were about those people who, and we've talked about this before, I know, but they, they felt pushed out into the margins of society. Um, whether that's uh, Christians in the 80s and 90s or uh, people of, you know, the trans and, and gay communities here right. in, the, in the modern time, you know? So whatever audience grabs a hold of that, those themes are being discussed in comics that have been at least since the 60s.
0: What's really cool is, we talked about this comic in particular, I think, last week or the week before, and I finally got around to to picking it up and reading it. Daredevil Issue 1. Yeah. Dives deep into his Catholic faith. yeah. It goes back to when he was a kid, and he was, and he hated God, yeah, because he gave him blindness. And right. it's funny because we just had Shane Pruitt on, and he wrote this book, Nine Common Lies Christians Believe, and one of them was like, God, you know, won't give you more than you can handle. God wants you to be happy, and God wants me to be yeah. happy, and all, and 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 then one of the one of the more serious ones, I should say, is um, God doesn't really care, and and another chapter is I don't think God likes me. And in those chapters, I mean, it gets pretty heavy on, yeah. Because there are people that believe that, and and it's it was weird to me because I, I read it last night and coming in this morning, didn't even think about connecting the two. But this comic book tackles that very thing because here's this kid who mm-hmm. tried to push a guy out of the way because he was going to get hit by a car type thing, and all of a sudden he ends up getting hit, and there's this crazy accident, and it causes his blindness. So he was doing a good thing. They yeah. caused something very negative to happen to him right? and immediately just thinks, clearly God hates me.
3: Yeah, exactly. I think that happens to a lot of people. I'm trying so yeah. hard. I've heard yeah. that from right. so many I'm oh, people. I'm trying
0: so hard. I was doing the right thing yeah. for once and this negative thing happened. God doesn't care about me. God hates me.
3: Yeah. I mean, I've experienced that myself, you know, growing up in in high school and stuff, just where I had a bunch of friends who kind of really got into the drug scene and I decided being the good Christian Baptist kid that I was to no longer associate with, uh, with those people and lost all my friends in high school, which is a fate worse than death when you're in high school, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and just felt abandoned by God. And, but you know, he was with me through that whole scenario. Now I can look back on it and go, no, this was, I, I did the right thing, which is the right thing regardless of the outcome. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you do something good just because it comes with rewards you know, it questions the motivations, Yeah. right? Should you have helped that guy who's going to get hit by the truck? Yes. Why? Because he was going to get hit by a truck. Right. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter what the consequences are at the end of it. A good thing's still a good thing. That's so That's funny. Yeah. You
0: haven't even read the comic book. This is literally what it tackles. As a child, he's hating God because he did a good thing and it caused a negative outcome. And but so did it. And so, right? And so mm-hmm. the priest is trying to convince him that, God can use this to, he said, maybe it's that God wanted to show you how to see in a different way. Right. And, and it, I I was, honestly, I was blown away. They use scripture yeah. in it. Uh, it is not a quote, Christian comic book. No. I don't even know if the artist or, or the writer, I should say, is a believer. I don't know. Yeah. But it's this daredevil comic. But clearly comic. they did research or they talked to someone. It, right. And they're using it well. And I'm going, wow, this is actually really... This is really good. Yeah. And then come to, you know, modern day Daredevil who's now hurting people because they're bad right. and that was it. Now the motivation's different in that you want bad people to suffer not so that good prevails but because of this vengeful vindictive right anger which is not the right thing. Even though right. you're now doing the right thing, you're doing it's it for the, the wrong, wrong reasons. Thing. Yes. Yeah. So it all comes Too back to like these, a right. this motivation of the heart, and I'm going. How is this? This is being discussed in a comic book. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah, because I mean, it's it's age old uh, questions, you know, it's something that yeah. everyone has to grapple with at some point in their life, you know. And I was I was talking with someone here last week, I guess, where you know, thinking about like, well, I did the right thing, but you know, I uh, something bad happened. To it, And why can't I, you know, why didn't it happen some way differently? You, know, you think of Joseph in the Bible who did the right. right thing over and over. He refused the advances of Potiphar's wife and then he's in jail, mm-hmm. you know, and so, yeah. or and then he helps out these two guys. He's going to get out. No, no, it's still going to be in there for a long time, yeah. you know, and imagine what had happened, what would have happened if someone had gotten him out of prison before or had stayed his sentence. Uh, all of the Jews would have died. And therefore no Israel and therefore no Messiah. And then Satan wins. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just oh, like, man. no, sometimes bad things or how yeah. about this difficult things? Yeah. Cause bad is a value judgment, which we can't make a lot of times in the moment. Mm-hmm. Bad things have to happen or difficult things to have I to can happen. relate so much to this conversation yeah. right now,
1: you know, cause God is so easy to blame too. You know, yeah, yeah. he's the easiest to blame when we don't understand why yeah. these things are happening. And, uh, Gosh, I just immediately think of just patience, you know. It's one big thing that I'm dealing with in my life, yeah. you know, where you know, it's um it's been uh, years, you know. It feels like so long. When am I going to get out of this, God? Yeah. When 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 am I finally going to be able to just breathe and you know, I just keep feeling like, okay, just be patient and trust, yeah. you know, and somehow some way God He redeems situation. He takes the bad and makes them great. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So you hold on to that. Absolutely. You know? And I often talk to people about this kind of thing in terms of like a movie, right? You like watch these movies and there's a beginning, middle, and end to these stories. And in the middle, typically, it's really rough. You know? Like, not to go super nerd, but like, look at Empire Strikes Back, right? Yeah. If you stop the movie right after Luke gets his hand cut off and he's like, no! That's a terrible place to stop. Yeah, exactly. But there's like good things that come out of that. It's the beginning of that kind of conflict and the redemption of Anakin Skywalker. He got a sweet robot hand. I know. <laughs> and who of us would not want a sweet robot hand? Exactly. Or at the minimum a chainsaw hand.
0: He got a sweet <laughs> robot hand. Oh, yeah, man. I was
3: actually thinking that. I was like, no, I'm not gonna. Okay, yeah, let's go there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, if you just stop the movie of your life here, well, yeah, yeah that's terrible but it, your movie isn't over your your story is not Love over that. and for many of us we have decades of movie to go yeah. who knows what plot twist and and wrap-up is going to happen, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, the
1: Israelites were in the desert for 40 years!
0: Yep. So see, Dexter, you've 40 been complaining, years! and it hasn't only, even been a decade yet. You only got, yet. like,
1: 29 oh, years to go, Dex. Gosh, you're 39 so, <laughs> years to go.
0: so good. Oh, I hope that gosh. helps you in your struggles. <laughs> you only have 32 more years of this. Please, God. Gosh. 32. Oh. But you know what the funny thing is? that's what I mean, that's what we're talking about with Shane, too. It's so hard when someone's going through something traumatic. Like, we've all been through difficult, terrible seasons of life and when walking through that with someone it's it's what's well, it's just hard to to wrap your brain around it because yeah. the truth is we don't know what god's doing no we don't know not. so it's like i want to encourage you i don't even know how yeah. because yeah. i don't know what god's doing
3: yeah absolutely but the other thing is too is that some people don't get their happy ending yeah you know i mean i hate yeah. to say that but it's it really is true but how much how much good and blessing can we give out to others even if we don't get our happy ending, mm. you know? That, yeah. And so even if um, even if our story ends with that trial or that uh, downturn never fully resolved or resolved the way we want, we can still be a blessing to other people. We can still do good to other people. You know, you think about someone like uh, Bonhoeffer, right? Who was he's German, he's a theologian and a philosopher, and he's speaking against the against the Nazi regime and has to flee the country and is teaching, you know Sunday school in Harlem, right? And then decides he has to go back. And he has to to help his own people and ends up dying in a in a, in a concentration camp, you know And but the thing, so he never gets his his you know happy ending, but the books that he he wrote and the work that he did, and the the just discipleship he did while he was in the United States, those people's lives were impacted. Those mm. people's lives were made better, even if he doesn't get his. And so we have to remember that it's not just about our own story, not to be so navel gazy that it's all about us. And sure, we want good things for our lives, but there's billions of other lives out there. Yeah. How are we going to impact those? Yeah. Mm.
1: And I and I know I might not have a happy ending. While I'm here on earth.
3: Absolutely. Like
1: that might not happen.
3: Look yeah. at Jesus. Right. He,
1: he didn't have a very happy ending <laughs> at, at the end of his life, you know, right. 33 years old. He got crucified.
3: Yeah. And all of the disciples, except for, for John, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, well, even <laughs> him, he got, bailed. <laughs> he got He got boiled <laughs> in oil and survived. <laughs> right. but, but it's like, yeah, like, you know, those guys don't have happy endings, but they no. still impacted the world for millennia. But the reality is, is that even at death, at the end of our lives mm-hmm. that's still not the end of our exactly. movie there's still the after credit scene exactly <laughs> which is always the best part which always the eat. best
0: part yeah. and so and the, here's the best part is our after credit scene is is in eternity yeah which is how you feel if you have to pee but the credits just started rolling right and you know it's going to be a few minutes before the end credit scene
3: and then you start googling longest two minutes of your life start googling to make sure that I there really is one I literally did that one. this
0: weekend with Alita because it was like this can't be the end of the movie so I googled was, and it was what, like was there well, there was no end credit scene And I'm like, Look, like we're leaving, Bail Let's go We're leaving this stupid movie Papa's gotta pee Depends on who you're talking to Some people loved it I was not one of those people
3: Anyways <laughs> Absolutely
0: Comics Comics <laughs> In normal news Speaking of, of, of sad things And saying goodbye I need sad music Are we ready? I don't wanna work. In memoriam <laughs> In memoriam It's time for our In memoriam On Nerd Talk Her name
3: Gwyneth Paltrow Oh. Did she die?
0: Pepper? Well, sadly, the time. Wow. Pepper did you pots? hear that? Pepper pots. You don't yeah. even blink.
3: Yeah, Pepper pots. Is and
0: you my jam. aren't, quote, a nerd, bro.
3: Yeah, your your facade is. I'm an is undercover cracking. nerd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Well, let's
0: be real, guys. The time has finally come to start saying our goodbyes. Goodbye, no dream. Somebody want to sing that in the background? Yeah.
3: Goodbye.
0: Time to say goodbye. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was the first one to officially. Write a send-off already. Really? Yeah. During an interview with Variety Magazine, Gwyneth Paltrow announced her official retirement from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No!
3: So Pepper dies.
0: I mean, I don't know that she dies. Because oh, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what she said. Quote, I mean, I'm a bit old to be in a suit and all that at this point. I feel lucky that I did it because I actually got talked into it. I was friends with Iron Man director Jon Favreau. Yeah, and it was such a wonderful experience making the first Iron Man, and then to watch how important it has become to fans, um, I feel honored to be a part of something that people are so passionate about. Of course, if they said, "Can you come back for a day shoot?" I will always be there if they need me. Uh, so she's she's not necessarily done, but she her contract is over, and she's not re-signing a contract. So she she will make a
3: cameo. Yeah. So Maybe. more importantly She says wear a suit And I know in like Iron Man 3 She wears a suit I For like know, a half right? a minute yeah. yeah But does that mean She's gonna be Wearing a suit In the game uh, Like I don't know what She called Not rescue Was it
0: uh, Oh yeah Yeah, yeah she was rescue Yeah she, she played rescue For about seven minutes In Iron Man 3 which was a great movie. I don't care what anybody says. No,
3: dude, she was in that suit for like a she second. Was, that movie was
0: so dope.
3: It was great. I loved that movie. It was a little silly, but I liked so,
0: it. So, uh, obviously, she clearly has lots of love for her character and for yeah. the Marvel Universe in general, but she's not willing to sign another full contract. So, she's leaving the door open for appearances down the road as a cameo or a flashback. However, we don't even know if she's going to survive Endgame. So, right.
3: Exactly. No, she's, I mean, she's... Seems to be central because the trailer is about her at least the first like minute. Yeah, of it. yeah
0: exactly. And she is in Avengers Endgame. This will okay. be her yeah her final. This will, p- possibly possibly because I mean Spider Man Far From Home will oh that's the, true is Tony in that one like
3: is yeah going
0: to be a, is Pepper but, in that no
3: because he doesn't even show up in this oh, one. Gosh
0: so she's been in all three Iron Man films uh, The Avengers she was in Spider-Man Homecoming and Infinity War so six movies to this point she's gonna be in Endgame which will be seven and unless she's filmed a cameo that's it seven seven movies
3: can we talk about Gwyneth Paltrow for a second <laughs> yes because how in the world has she continued on with the Marvel cinematic universe and everyone loves her character and everything. thing but like in her personal life she's kind of crazy right oh yeah totally dude like <laughs> She doesn't have the strongest grasp on reality, right? Yes! I Am I reading that? No, right, Dex? no, you're right. Thank you, Dex. I that remember reading appear. like divorce parties.
1: Um, her kids' names are like plant and apple, fern, apple, apple yeah, bro. and
0: yeah, forest. You leave Chris Martin out of
1: this right. one, bro. And Let then also
3: you. too, like she has like these recipes that are like cost like thousands of that, dollars that to make. That part is true.
0: That part yeah. I will corroborate. All the other stuff, hey, we just talked about how people go through life. Maybe it was a hard season and that's how she coped with getting a divorce from the one of the best musicians on the planet. Yeah, I love Chris I Martin. Think, I love you, Cole. Played I don't think that she's really so
3: changed, much. though. I think she's still kind of crazy. Do you know her?
0: Do you know her personally? No, Gosh, you
3: but just, I, I haven't up seen crazy. her. I follow her. I follow her. She's
1: crazy. Yep. Okay, good. Thank you. Dix. I'm a stalker. I'm a Pepper I, Pot stalker. I,
3: I knew then she stood up on on camera. <laughs> we're all Pepper. Yay! We love Pepper. Yay, we love you. But like everyone else, is like you know very carefully crafted persona. Mm-hmm. They're careful on social media. You know. Downey Jr. is doing all this great, uh, you know, uh, work with kids and philanthropies, and has turned away from his old lifestyle, which was incredibly destructive. And then Pepper Potts is over there making kale smoothies with like right. gold and saffron. I always wanted
1: Brad Pitt and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow to be a couple, like they were. I know, but like to be like, that really? couple that stayed together because I just loved them together.
3: I don't know, dude. I, I feel like he's kind of holding on by a thread as well. Yeah,
1: you're probably right.
3: They you know be good what? You judgy, other.
0: judgy jerks. Yeah. Aren't Jeff, we all just, just holding on by
3: a thread? Exactly. Aren't we
0: all? I googled, what is Gwyneth Paltrow up to? Just, because, <laughs> <laughs> just so I could prove you wrong. You were
3: part of the problem, steve uh,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I oh got nothing. Gosh. Yeah. I, I got nothing. It's all about like Shakespeare and love. Yeah, and she's making movies. She's, she's making smoothies. And calling out Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Exactly. So, so
0: But she did have a really great thing to say about Brad Pitt
3: yesterday. Oh, there you go. Oh, I guess yeah. He, I heard a I really guess cool he like, story about s-
0: He like super stood up to Harvey Weinstein, who was yeah. being a bully to Gwyneth Paltrow Yeah, because oh, really? she was almost mm-hmm.
1: like uh in that hashtag me too movement. Yeah in, yeah, yeah. in some ways she was. And she was dating Brad Pitt, and Brad Pitt like basically put his career on the line yeah, was and like, was like, Listen, like this ain't gonna happen. Yeah. And he like stepped up. It nice. was a pretty cool story. Good yeah. for him.
3: He's one yeah. of the few people who probably could have done that exactly with any kind of force and and meaning to it.
1: Well, at the time, you know, Harvey, he was like the man in he's charge man. and he could make or break yeah. you. So basically, Brad was like, I don't even care about my career. Mm-hmm. This guy's going down and he's going to know it. Yeah, so, Pretty cool dude.
0: And yet exactly. he also broke her heart because they were totally engaged to be married and then they ended up splitting up. And she almost didn't do Shakespeare in Love because she couldn't even get out of bed. I know. Oh. They Go were a power couple, man. Yeah, they were. Go ahead, you guys. I Keep judging. Them. You big yeah. jerks. You don't. You and by know. the way, Dex,
3: going back to your interview with Aaron Campbell, I'm I'm not surprised you had a great time because he talked about some of your favorite things. Mm-hmm. Fear, social anxiety, mm-hmm. Netflix. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really the perfect conversation for you.
1: Absolutely, man. Yeah. It was a good one. Don't sweat the small stuff TV on YouTube. Go subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Anything else?
0: Well, we I mean, uh, real quick, because we're up against the nine o'clock hour, but uh, there's a rumor that... Avengers Endgame, not only is it going to be the best movie in the history of ever, Mm -hmm. it's also going to bring with it the Episode 9 trailer, allegedly, maybe. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Can you imagine? We're going to be sitting in Avengers Endgame waiting for the finale of like this epic.
3: Oh my gosh. And
0: then we're allegedly going to get an Episode 9 trailer. I don't know if I like that.
3: Oh, dude! They—if they do that, that's gonna like break the universe. I don't
0: like that. Why? Because I remember you're gonna be there anyway. I remember sitting in the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. And I wasn't a huge Nolan Batman trilogy fan. Okay. And I'm going. I'm here because it's the Ender, and I'm I'm excited. And then I saw the trailer for Man of Steel. Yeah. And was like, oh my gosh! Yeah. New Superman. Can't wait to see that. And it, in turn, Batman, uh, whatever, the, yeah. the, the Dark Knight Batman Batman Endgame, yeah. Yes. Was terrible to me because the whole time I was just thinking
3: about Superman. Superman.
0: We're going to be sitting in Avengers Endgame thinking about the Star Wars trailer. It's like nerd overload. You can't do Woo! it.
3: Yeah, your cells are going to combust.
0: Yeah. I think it's a bad idea, dude. I think
3: it's a good idea, dude, because... The, the movie that people that, that they had the first episode one trailer on, yeah. no one wanted to see it but they put it on there and they sold out theaters yeah, across the nation yeah, and then true. some people would just leave but they already paid for the movie because all they wanted to see was the you trailer what we didn't it's have smart. back
0: then? The internet That's so true. it's a little different now We actually
3: did have the internet, Mills. it was like 98, that <laughs> we, we, had, it. we it, had it It was around
0: okay, Alright,
1: let's touche. take a quick break guys, live from the DreamStyle Remodeling Star Studios, hang on <laughs>